I'm reading from the fifth chapter of the Gospel according to St. Matthew, beginning at the 14th verse. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. When I was growing up, one of the first songs that children were taught to sing in church, especially during vacation Bible school, was This Little Light of Mine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. It had so many verses that you could keep adding to it. Won't let Satan blow it out. I'm going to let it shine. All around the neighborhood, I'm going to let it shine. Hide it under a bushel, no, I'm going to let it shine. Of course, the little song is based on this section of the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus commands us, let your light so shine before men. Jesus has told his disciples that they are the light of the world. A truly amazing statement, because Jesus taught that he was the light of the world. But now that he has ascended to the Father, his followers have the duty and function of being the light of the world. We function as the light of the world when we proclaim the gospel message. The world lives in darkness, the darkness of sin. The world has no knowledge of God. People in the world do not realize how sinful they are. They do not know that they are separated from God because of their sin. So Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, came into the world to be the light of the world, to show us who God is, to show us the way of salvation, to show us how we can have fellowship with God. And the church has that same message. We shine as the light of the world when we point people to God and show them that the only way that they can come to know God is through Jesus Christ. But there's another way that we shine as light in the world, and that is through our good works. In our text, Jesus said, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. Sadly, in many churches, we emphasize so strongly that we are not saved by our good works that we think good works are not important. Though it is true that we are not saved by our good works, those who are truly saved will perform good works, for Christ lives in them, and he will give them the desire and the power to perform good works. It is true that we are saved by grace alone. But remember how St. Paul put it in Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Again, we are saved by grace alone, not of works, not of works. If we were saved by our good works, we would have reason to boast. We could say, I'm saved because I'm so good. No, we have no inherent goodness. That is why we can only be saved by grace. But people who are saved by grace are saved so that they can perform good works. 
For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. When God saved you by grace, he began working on you, shaping you, forming you to be a person who would do good works. God saved us so that he could fashion us. We are his workmanship. He forms us into a people whose lives are marked by doing good works. Every Sunday after we participate in Holy Communion, we pray, and we humbly beseech thee, O Heavenly Father, so to assist us with thy grace, that we may continue in that holy fellowship and do all such good works as thou hast prepared for us to walk in. So at the conclusion of our service, after being nourished at the Lord's table, we should realize that we have been nourished for the purpose of doing good works. And those good works are our light. Now, why is it that the Lord wants us to be people who do good works? Not so that people can praise us. No, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. We are to be filled with good works because when we are filled with good works, people see Christ, the light of the world, living in us. In Philippians 2, 14 through 16, St. Paul writes, Do all things without murmurings and disputings, that ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom ye shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. I've been speaking a great deal recently about the church transforming the world. This is one of the primary ways that we transform the world, by shining as lights in the world. The world is in darkness, but as Jesus put it, in our text, neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. This is our function as Christians, to give light to everyone around us. You'll notice that the Apostle Paul said in this text from Philippians that Christians live in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation. That is part of the darkness of the world, that it lives in this perverse and crooked way. The word for crooked there is the word scolios, from which we get our word scoliosis, as in scoliosis of the spine. The world is crooked, bent, not straight, twisted, warped. Down through the years, we began to refer to people as being crooked, meaning dishonest, unprincipled, untrustworthy, corrupt. The wise man in the book of Proverbs said that wisdom would keep us from walking in these twisted, perverted ways. And he writes, wisdom will save you from evil people, from those whose words are twisted. These men turn from the right way to walk down dark paths. Notice again, the darkness, dark paths, twisted, perverted, crooked ways are dark ways, dark paths. The wise man goes on to say, they take pleasure in doing wrong and they enjoy the twisted ways of evil. 
Their actions are crooked. Again, the path of people who do not know the Lord is a dark path, a twisted, perverted way of life. The other word St. Paul used to describe his generation was perverse, a word that means immoral, depraved. Surely there could be no two words that would describe our nation any better than twisted and depraved. Our nation is the prime example of a nation dominated by twisted, warped, and depraved thinking. Whenever I watch the news and listen to the various debates, it is becoming so obvious that people are no longer able to think logically. It's really not possible to reason with them because they have become so twisted and warped in their thinking. And when you try to reason with them, they take your words and twist them as well. This is the result when sin rules even the minds of people. And in our twisted and warped thinking, we think of ways to engage in great and greater acts of depravity. So what do Christians do in this twisted and corrupt world? Paul says that we must shine as lights. Now, how do we do that? First, Paul says that we must hold forth the word of life, which I spoke on last week. The word of God is described as the word of life. Of course, this is what the gospel is. It's the word of life. It's the word of light. When we proclaim the word of God, we are proclaiming the words of life. What the world is offering to us now is the word of death. Life apart from God, life apart from Jesus Christ can only lead to death and destruction. But we offer people life. We offer people an abundant life here in this world and eternal life in the presence of God forever and ever. I don't know how long it's going to take people to realize that this nation has plunged into utter darkness. But one day when the darkness has become so unbearable, they're going to look for light and life and they will turn to those people who are holding forth the word of life. So this is the first way we shine as lights in the world, by continuing to share with people the word of God. The other way we shine as lights in this darkened world is through purity and holiness of life. Paul uses several words to describe the church in this Philippians passage. He describes Christian people as blameless, harmless, sons of God without reproach. The word for blameless is the one used to describe Zacharias and Elizabeth in Luke chapter 1, beginning at verse 5. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the course of Abiah, and his wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth, and they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. So don't say that you can't live a blameless life. Zacharias and Elizabeth were sinners too, and yet they walked in the commandments of the Lord blameless. Yes, they sinned, as we all do. But if you look at the general pattern of their lives, you would have described them as blameless. Then St. Paul describes Christian people as harmless. This is the word Jesus used when he sent out his disciples and said, Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. The word harmless means unmixed. It means guileless. The word guile means to be cunning, crafty, sly, devious. In contrast to that, the Christian is to be honest, open, sincere. Then St. Paul says, 
that they are to be sons of God without reproach or without blemish, without spot. So this is the contrast between the world and the church. On the one hand, there are people who are twisted, warped, depraved. On the other side, there are people who are blameless, harmless, sons of God without reproach. The word reproach means to be without blemish, without defect. Now we are sons of God, but how should sons of God live? They should live as the Son of God did. This word without reproach was used to describe our Lord in 1 Peter 2, 18 through 19. For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. So if we put all of this together, we see how the Christian should live, blameless, innocent, without blemish, without fault, above reproach. Our good works are works of light, shining in a world that is exactly the opposite. Just as sinful works are works of darkness, our good works are works of light. St. Paul writes in Romans 13, verses 12 through 14, the night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lusts thereof. As you can see, St. Paul describes these evil actions as works of darkness. John Gill describes works of darkness in this way. He writes, by works of darkness are meant evil works which are opposite to the light, sinful works. Works of darkness are opposite to God who is light itself. They are opposite to Christ, the light of the world. They are opposite to the word of God, both law and gospel, which is a light to our paths. They are opposite to both the light of nature and the light of grace, which spring from the darkness of the mind and are encouraged by the God of this world and by his angels, the rulers of the darkness of it, and which are generally done in the dark and are such as will not bear the light. All sinful actions are works of darkness, but the Christian is filled with good works, the opposite of these works of darkness, and therefore the Christian shines brightly in the middle of all this darkness. Now, if that really was the condition of the church now, how we would shine. What a difference the world would see between us and the rest of the world. The Christian is to be so full of good works that he or she is a marvel to the rest of the world. So full of good works that people would praise God, not you, because people would realize that you could not do the good works that you were doing unless God were giving you the power to do so. Well, that is to be the church, proclaiming the truth, living in purity, filled with good works. Spurgeon said, What a mercy it is that God has set up a church in the world which shall bear testimony to his name and shall scatter the light abroad because his grace makes and keeps it holiness to the Lord. Let us love the church of God. Let us pray for the church militant, the entire body of his elect, the redeemed of the Lord, the quickened of the Spirit, the called out ones, the true congregations, 
the assemblies of the Lord. For these are those who are lampstands, standing in the open as a city set upon a hill that cannot be hidden, holding forth the word of life, so that all who see the church in its life and the church in its testimony may behold the light of God. Sadly, the church, by and large in our time, does not have that reputation. Everywhere we look, we hear stories of how the church is just as twisted and depraved as the rest of the world. Going back to that sermon by Spurgeon, he said, those who are united together in the fellowship of the church of God on earth should be a holy people, precious in the sight of the Lord, as gold is among metals. The Lord will not use an unholy church to be his light bearer. And where there is an apostasy concerning doctrine, an absence of spiritual life, or a defection concerning holiness of conduct, he will not use such a church lest his holy name is polluted among men. His lampstand is all of pure gold. His people are a particular people, sanctified to himself, zealous of good works. If any who seem to be religious delight themselves in sin, if they fail in purity, they have no power to give light. And because of their depravity, they are as spots in our solemn feasts and mists that dim the brightness of our shining. Ungodly churches are not lamps of the Lord. If men find pleasure in unrighteousness, they exert a baneful influence as the shadow of death. How can light shine from them while they serve the prince of darkness? Sadly, it seems that in many cases the church has degenerated to such a state. We need to repent and pray to God saying, Heavenly Father, make me, make this church a light in this darkened world. Help me to hold forth the word of life even in times of great persecution. Help me to be blameless, harmless, a child of God without reproach. And by your supernatural power, help me to live a life of good works so that others would glorify your holy name. Amen.